You're listening to the 10-Minute Medic, the podcast that doesn't waste your time and is developed for busy paramedic students. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Young. You're dispatched to the report of a patient having a heart attack. You arrive at a well-kept single-story residence. As you enter the door, you're presented with a 24-year-old male who is in obvious respiratory distress. He reports that his fingers are tingling and cramping. He tells you that his mother died a couple of days ago and he has not handled the death very well. He has no medical history and is taking no medications, prescription, or over-the-counter. It appears that your patient may be breathing so fast that he's blowing off too much carbon dioxide. Is this a patient with a medical issue, or should he be referred for a mental health assessment? Respiratory alkalosis is a condition that exists when an increased breathing rate raises the body's pH to a level higher than 7.45 and reduces the amount of arterial carbon dioxide. If this condition continues over a long period of time, such as weeks or months, the amount of bicarbonate will be reduced as a result of the inhibition of acid excretion in the urine. This increase in the respiratory rate can be from a multitude of conditions that could range from the body's response to hypoxia, especially when the patient is at an altitude that they don't normally live in, or in the presence of a fever. Bicarbonate produced by the buffer system may or may not shift to help compensate for this change. Just as we saw with an earlier podcast looking at respiratory acidosis, the patient may have a chronic or acute presentation of this blood gas abnormality. Symptoms of GI and liver diseases are often seen in the presence of acute respiratory alkalosis. These can range from nausea and vomiting to increased GI motility. The rate of decrease of the carbon dioxide level as well as how far it plummets has a direct influence on how severe the patient's signs and symptoms will be. For the most part, patients who have respiratory alkalosis on a chronic, long-term basis will have few to no symptoms. However, the acute presentation can be accompanied by an altered mental status, cramping of the fingers and toes, also known as carpal pedal spasms, and an increase in the respiratory rate accompanied by a feeling of suffocation. The patient may also complain of tingling around the lips. The feelings of discomfort that this patient is experiencing are real to the patient. The most effective treatment of respiratory alkalosis is to identify the precipitating cause and address it. From a pathophysiological perspective, respiratory alkalosis is almost always induced by a condition known as hyperventilation syndrome. This patient has some internal or external stimulus that causes them to begin breathing rapidly and deeply. For most EMS responders, we associate this with varying degrees of panic or anxiety disorders, but limiting your differential diagnosis to an emotional reaction could lead to a negative outcome for your patient. When your patient is hypoxic, the chemoreceptors located in the carotid arteries will signal the brain to increase the rate as well as the depth of breathing. It's interesting to note that these receptors respond to the body's PO2 and not to additional oxygen delivery at the alveolar level. At the same time, the stretch receptors found in the lung tissue increase the depth of respiration leading to a decreased retention of carbon dioxide. Other etiologies that may induce hyperventilation include pulmonary embolism, head injuries, strokes, and an overdose of the chemical salicylate, most commonly found in aspirin. As we stated earlier, hypoxia can be an instigating factor leading the patient to breathe rapidly in an effort to offset the lowered oxygen content in the blood. This can result in blowing off of an excess amount of carbon dioxide with a resultant respiratory alkalosis. 
In addition to the changes in the pH and the decrease in carbon dioxide, electrolytes such as chloride, calcium, sodium, and potassium are affected. Once labs are drawn at the hospital, it's not unusual to see an increase in the chloride level and a decrease in both sodium as well as potassium. The reduction in the calcium levels is what causes the numbness, tingling, and carpal pedal spasms of the fingers and toes. Severe respiratory alkalosis can often lead to arterial constriction in the brain, resulting in a reduction of cerebral blood flow. This is the foundation of why we don't hyperventilate head injury patients. Doing so will cause carbon dioxide washout, resulting in a decrease in cerebral perfusion. The primary goal of your treatment plan will be to identify as well as care for the underlying cause of the hyperventilation. There's no need to worry about respiratory alkalosis being life-threatening to your patient. Therefore, any attempt to lower the pH should be avoided. In the past, it was accepted practice to have a patient rebreathe carbon dioxide via a paper bag, but that should be avoided. The use of this practice today is just bad medicine. This may be dangerous for some of your patients, especially if they have a type of central nervous system disorder causing the cerebral spinal fluid's pH to already be lower than normal. In addition, in a study completed by Dr. Michael Callahan in 1989 and published in the Annals of Emergency Medicine, it was discovered that to do this caused oxygen levels to drop while carbon dioxide levels rarely reached higher than 40 millimeters of mercury on a capnograph. In addition, he reported three cases of myocardial infarction that ended in death because of this treatment, and this was completed in the emergency department. His recommendation was that paper bag rebreathing of carbon dioxide should never be done unless the provider is 100% positive that there is no myocardial ischemia taking place. Limitations with the processing and interpretation of cardiac enzymes make this almost impossible for the vast majority of EMS agencies currently in operation. Instead, use a calm voice to coach your patient to slow their breathing down. Begin your treatment of the respiratory alkalotic patient with the acquisition of a thorough history and physical. Don't automatically assume that the reason that they are hyperventilating is due to a psychological or emotional issue. Many times your assessment of the hyperventilatory patient will be nonspecific without any identifiable cause. Any attempt to get a hyperventilating patient to slow their breathing is difficult at best. Do your best to win the patient's confidence so that they will begin to trust you when you tell them that the reason that they're feeling this way is because they're breathing too fast and too deep. Some techniques that may help you make this possible include the following. First, Try to remove the patient from the situation or people who are adding to the emotion of their situation. Many times, family members and their desire to help or their tendency to worry can become highly emotional and add to the anxiety of the patient. Using all of the diplomatic skills that you possess, kindly ask them to step to another room while you deal with the patient. Establish a professional but compassionate relationship with your patient. This can be aided by using a calm, low-volume voice that coaches them to breathe in, hold their breath for 5 to 10 seconds, and then exhale. Mimic this action with your own inspiration and exhalation. In doing so, make sure that you assure the patient that you realize that to them, they are experiencing a life-and-death emergency. This will give you legitimacy in their eyes as the medical expert who will help them. Once their breathing is slowed down and they are back to somewhat of a normal breathing status, transport your patient safely and quietly to the emergency department if needed. 
Unless indicated, don't use lights or sirens during transport as this may cause your patient to revert to their former high-stress state. As we close out this podcast, there are some things that you should keep in mind when dealing with this type of patient. First, respiratory alkalosis comes about as a result of an increase in the respiratory rate, the volume, or both. This is quite often a response to a patient suffering from a metabolic acidosis, fever, pain, hypoxemia, and or anxiety. Look for the cause of the increased rate and tidal volume and try your best to treat that. If your patient is in pain, properly administer analgesics. If your patient's having an anxiety reaction, compassionately and calmly help them to relax by the use of a calming techniques. At no point should you have your patient rebreathe expelled carbon dioxide via a paper bag. Doing so may result in harm or death to your patient. This is one of those times when your compassion and professionalism towards your patient will be the most effective drug in your repertoire. Thanks for listening to the 10-Minute Medic. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you'll have the earliest notification when new episodes are made available. Feel free to email me if you'd like to see a specific topic for future podcasts. My email address is bill.young at eku.edu. In our next show, we'll take a look at the pathophysiology, signs and symptoms, and treatment of metabolic acidosis. Again, thanks for listening.